I walked away from the city and I thought, now I'm in the dirt for real. Now my feet will get rough and filthy and my toenails will turn yellow and flaky like shale. And I thought, fuck yeah, my hair's going to get wrapped up in a tree branch all tangled up, matted like a, it'll have cobwebs in it, my hair. And there will be infections in my eyes and I'll have rough chapped hands with all the lines in my palm worn down to nothing. This is Maine, by the way. I walked right into Maine and that's where I'm walking still. My house looked nice when I left. Nice clean kitchen, nice rug, window open to let in some air. I walked straight out the door and I kept walking for a week, brushing a handful of berries plucked from a wet bramble. I packed an egg salad sandwich too, but I ate it on the first day. And after a week, I came upon a small cottage in the woods near a cell phone tower disguised as a tree. Hey, hi. Hi. Are you, um... Doing okay? Yeah, I'm alright, but I can use a little food, maybe? Oh, gosh. Okay, well, come on in. Wow, your knuckles are awfully red. Let me just, uh, take a little mug down for my mug rack. I made this mug rack from wood. It's nice. I'll just... Oh, thank you. Fill it right up with some tea for you. Okay, please, have a seat here. Here? Yeah, or just... Yeah, right there. Take a load off. Thanks for letting me come in and rest a bit. I really appreciate it. Seriously, no problem. I was in rough shape, I think. I'm glad to have a visitor. Yeah, well. How's the tea? How's the bread? I didn't bake the bread. I'm not much of a baker, but it's cultured butter. Have you tried? It's really good. It's a whole different... Yeah, isn't it good? Cultured butter. If you want, I also have um, roots of herbs and wild apples and dates and water. Maybe we should talk about something serious. Something real. Sorry if I'm being pushy. I just think you seem really thoughtful, and I appreciate conversations about serious stuff. Like, for example, I often wonder if my life is valuable in the eyes of God. You know, like, does my sin repel God? Does he find me disgusting, do you think? Does he struggle to look at me because I'm so low and debased and vile? Or does he only have wrath for Christ? Is it, sorry for getting into the weeds here, is it silly to think that God feels anything about me at all? I think the earth is poisoned forever. What do you think? I think there might not be a way to heal. Sort of on a pilgrimage. Seriously? Yeah, sort of. Do you think it's going well? I'm not sure yet. Have you been through some shit? You look like you've seen something. Do you like the bread? My wife is also here, by the way. Hi. Oh, hey. She's pregnant. Isn't that terrifying? What's your name? Allie. It's so nice to meet you. So you were just walking, huh? Yes, for a week. I walked day and night, and I only stopped to rest for an hour at a time. Oh, man. It was rough for sure. But a week ago, I was living in a really nice house. I even had a dad. Did you a dad. Know? Yeah. He's hard to know. He's a narcissist, I think. He's obsessed with his legacy or like his productivity or, or like his performance of his productivity. Oh, That's that sounds like very my dad. Familiar, yeah. And anyway, I asked him what I should do to feel closer to God, and he told me to eschew the things of the world and go into the wilderness. He used that word, eschew. And so I did. How do you feel now? I don't know. Tired? Guilty? You seem super young. Personally, for what it's worth, I think you did something very brave and commendable. I raise my cup to you, Allie. A shoe. A shoe. Do you think maybe I could spend the night here? Of Heck course. yeah. Thanks. You've been so generous. No trouble. It's amazing how dark it gets out here. When are you expecting your baby? This fall. Yeah, I was a... Uh... Still have a couple months, but the due date is coming right up. <laughs> this baby will be here before we know it. And honestly, to be honest with you, I'm really quite overwhelmed by the thought of bearing a child. I'm very anxious. I'm panicked, actually. I'm in a state of panic, and I can't go on like this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up an uncomfortable subject. Don't apologize, Allie. We need to reckon with it, don't we, honey? Don't we need to grapple with the fucking facts? I really don't think we have to do that. Just to celebrate. That's all I'm saying. What am I bringing into the world? Another human being who might one day watch all 11 seasons of Frasier? Or, or, or... Or get really into old movie musicals? Or discover Tumblr porn? Or use social media to lie about voting on election day? Or run a half marathon? The options are pathetic. The outcomes are just unthinkable. I mean, shouldn't a life be, I don't know, something? And shouldn't I feel that I'm offering a warm, loving world to this child? Because I don't feel that way. I feel like there are millions of angry faces pressed against the window. And the soil is teeming with bad bugs. And the air is rank and pestilent. And all the plants and animals are sucking in a big, shuddering breath that they can't hold. You look tired, Allie. I am tired. Yeah. But I really like hanging out with you guys. 
Think we could stay up all night talking, maybe? Hey, we think you're pretty cool too, Allie. Don't get me wrong, but uh, we've got to get some shut-eye. I hope you'll make yourself at home. Thanks. We don't really have toiletries, per se, but you can rummage through the cabinets and use whatever Absolutely. you find. Please rummage. What's ours is yours. And if you get hungry in the middle of the night, Please don't hesitate to, to whip up a snack. Please hold yourself to all the shit in the fridge. And feel free to use We have a washer and dryer, it. so that's available to you as well. And of course, we have the iron, iron if you're And the ironing board are in the hall closet. I can show you. Okay, cool. Thanks, but I might stay up for a bit. No problem. For sure. See you tomorrow. Wish I had a toothbrush. Yeah. Ugh. It must be tough to not have a toothbrush. It's nice having you here, Allie. I mean it. We haven't had a visitor in over eight years. That's almost impossible to believe. Well, you know how it is with people. There's always a reason not to trek into the dense woods of Maine. Hey, Allie. Yeah. I have this feeling in my gut. Call it what you want, I know it's true. You're going to find a new way to live. A new way to be in the world, and it's going to transform you. And I think while you're inside of this transformation, it'll feel like just the worst pain ever. And you'll want it to end, and you'll worry that maybe it'll never end, or that the end will be bad, or that there will be more suffering on the other side of it. But the end will actually be a liberation from suffering. And the end will actually be so nice. And then they went to bed, and I sat under the stars for a while, and I dug my hands into the ground until my fingernails were packed full of dirt, and then I ran a toothpick, carefully, along the underside of each nail to clean the dirt out. Eventually, I came back inside, and when I fell asleep, I dreamt that a monster was fighting its way out of Sarah's body. And then I dreamt that me and Sarah and Sven were all living in the womb of a giant man. We were safe, comfortable, surrounded by warm fluid. And then the man spoke to us because we were his children, and he spoke in the rumbling voice of God. Good morning. Hiya, how'd you sleep? Not great. Ah, well. We slept like logs, right, Sarah? Absolute logs. My eyes were closed before my head hit the pillow. Two corpses in a bed. I mean it. Two stiff, dead bodies lying side by dead, side. Dead, that dead, dead. You want some breakfast? We have eggs from the chickens. Fresh eggs. They're amazing. Wait till you see the yolks on these things. Um, They're huge, too, these eggs. Brown and speckles and just enormous. The you were just going to go wild for these fresh eggs. The chickens haven't been laying. They stopped making what? eggs. About five days ago. No eggs. No. You checked the hen house. You looked everywhere. I did. Wow. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I, I just got a little shiver. Okay, it's fine. Well, uh, we'll fry up some sweet-ass bacon and chow down my king. No biggie. That sounds perfect. Cool. Cool. Hey, did anyone else wake up with a funny feeling this morning? No, About not three. really. Oh, Okay. Because I woke up and I kind of felt like someone was watching me. Isn't that weird? Just a feeling, like from above. Like a pair of eyes in the ceiling looking down at me, following me wherever I go. Isn't that just bizarre? I even, um, I know this sounds so crazy. I know. Sorry, I know. I even went into my closet and closed the door and locked it. And I still felt the eyes on me. I still felt them. I felt them in that tiny closet. And I still feel the eyes now. So weird. I might feel this way forever. Hey, babe. Sorry. It'll go away soon. You're right. It'll go away before bedtime. I know. Just ignore it. Just try to ignore it if you can. You're right. I know. You want to ask Allie about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Allie. Uh-huh. We were thinking maybe we'd come with you on your pilgrimage. Or whatever. Like both of you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know this is out of the blue. I know you probably want to do this on your own out of some kind of, I don't know, self-righteous blah, 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 but... We've been living in this fucking house for so long. It's time for a change. It's just time. We need to figure our shit out in the woods. We need to go to the woods with you. So thanks for considering this request. I, uh, didn't have time to think about it, but I... Oh. We were hoping for a quick answer. I mean, I don't mean to put any pressure on you. Sorry, what was that? I just think I might need a little time. We'll be excellent traveling companions. Okay. When can we leave? We'll be ready in an hour. 
And so we traveled on together. We packed up all the food we could carry and we left the house. We walked for four days, stopping whenever it pleased us to splash a cool pond or to rest against a tree. And one morning we saw a huge moose and it was so still, so quiet, standing in a swamp covered in mud up to its knobby knees, ignoring us completely. We wanted to touch it, but we knew we shouldn't, so we just kept going. We also incidentally walked past a dead moose, which none of us wanted to touch, though we noticed that one of its legs had been ripped off and tossed several yards to the far bank of a small stream. On the fourth day, we met someone on the road. Jesus Christ, scared me. Sorry for the hands are a little dirty. Let me just give him a quick wipe on the old. Okay, sorry about that already then. Hello there. I'm Deb. Nice to meet you. Don't see many people around here. Sure don't. You're the first we've seen. You live nearby? Oh, sure, sure. Right over there, under that. Yeah, just there behind that copse. Behind the... The copse. Oh, all right. Wow. Wow, this is really something, Deb. It's not permanent. I roam. I go all over. We're also roaming. The thing is, I fled. I, uh, I was really desperately unhappy. So I ran away from my life. It was just too much for me to bear. The world, the people, the whole thing. So my being here is ultimately about my personal shortcomings and my inability to cope with what I can only describe as a mounting sense of dread, a general feeling of unease about the state of the world and a dull but ever-present anxiety about infrastructure and, you know, systems. Like all systems and basically, I don't know, sense that um, this brief period of prosperity and forward momentum for the human race is untenable and doomed to catastrophe. How do you spend your time? I'm a woman of science, a nuclear engineer by training. Very wow. impressive. Oh, I keep busy doing this and that, pouring things from one test tube into another, recording data points and shit in my little leather-bound journal, crunching numbers. Are you lonely ever? That's a really invasive question, Allie. God, yes. I'm miserable. I've lost my mind, probably. Well, where'd you live before you I recognize you came that here? I've made a choice for myself that runs counter to the larger human project, by the way. I know I'm meant to be building community, lifting up my fellow man, falling in love, starting a family, volunteering at the local homeless shelter. And I know this isn't good for my spirit, being alone all the time. And I feel it, honestly. I feel like my spirit has withered. So that's where we're at. Sorry, where'd you live before? Oh, I lived in a big city, in a big, big apartment building. It was nice for a while. I loved it for a time. What happened? Yeah, what happened? At some point, I just completely stopped going outside. I just sat in my little apartment and stared at my computer all day, getting increasingly worried. I had this feeling all the time that I was about to be overtaken by a crowd. Like there were always people pressing their faces against my window, pushing their fleshy bodies up against my door, trying to force their way into my home. This is how I felt. Because there are simply too many of us, too many people. And I guess the only way out of it is to get rich. If you're rich enough, you can put space around yourself. If you're rich, you don't have to belong to crowds. Allie, you were sort of rich, right? Well, I did a big house. Did you have a yard, Allie? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I had a yard and had a fence around it. An enclosed-ass yard. Yards are great. Yards are fine. But the world is a crowded place. Crowds make decisions, like about which YouTube videos are important. You know, we also live in the woods and basically avoid people. Yeah, we also have a thing about crowds. Allie's from the city? I am, yeah. But she left? She's on a Some quest. kind of, you know, quest. Pilgrimage. Uh, oh, right, right. A pilgrimage. Word. And now we're, Sven and I, we're joining her for the time being just to see where it takes us. Right. We're taking a bit of a gamble. We're letting things play out. Just we're passively. extremely passive and we never make decisions. We just let things happen there to us. There is nothing we hate more than being held responsible for our choices. And we're, I suppose, affiliated with Allie now, but it's a loose, a very loose affiliation. And our joining her on this journey could be read as an endorsement, but it's more of a social thing. It's more like she's fun and she seems like a good time. Yeah, we're here for a good time. That's the bottom line. That's pretty much it. And so far, I gotta say, it's been pretty nice, right? I'm having fun. We saw a move. Yeah, that was cool. So Deb, you're passing through. That's right. How long do you think you'll spend here? I don't know exactly. I kind of take it one day at a time. But eventually, I'm sure I'll get the itch, and I'll know it's time to pack up all my stuff and move along. Are you working on anything in particular, like a project? Well, not really. My interests are pretty, um, varied and far-ranging. So, yeah, the direction of my research is basically determined by my whims and by the limited resources at my disposal, of course. But I, uh, I was working on a map. I'm sure it's around here somewhere. Uh, and I was also doing some translation work for a while, German poetry. 
But this map was a big thing for me. It's a map of a of the island nation of the Comoros. This? No, that's something else. And it's really quite nice, actually. I think you'd be impressed if you saw it. Sounds impressive. Well, I'll look for it in a minute. That's all right. I'm sure it's very nice. There's a limit to what I can accomplish, because, of course, I left the internet behind when I abandoned the world and all the people in it. Sure. And there are only so many books I can carry with me. I do have an iPhone just to take pictures of stuff. A lot of glass here that must be hard to carry. Hey, so when I said before that we're traveling with Allie as like a social thing, I just want to clarify. I also have a few burning questions that I'd love to resolve. I mean, they're almost like not even questions. They're more like, fuck, I need to figure these things out. Just like personally, for my own personal well-being, you know? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like, does God profit from my goodness? Does he suffer when I'm wicked? When I'm sinful? Sorry, but like, does the fact of my basically uninterrupted happiness mean anything on a cosmic level? Should I interpret my contentment as God's approbation? Should I pray for him to violently condemn me instead? I mean, isn't that easier to understand? Isn't suffering more straightforward? I just feel like I understand punishment. I'm sorry, but it's what I need. It's what I need because I'm so, 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 so small and limited. And how else can I possibly recognize God? Would my suffering be meaningful? If I suffered, could I even attribute it to God? Would that be unforgivably self-centered? Does God consider me any more or less vile than every other stinking mortal? Check out the light right now. It's so nice. The light, the sun is just hitting. Is anyone else seeing this? It's really You're pretty. Right, babe. It's a nice light. Oh, wow. Oh, geez. It's just such perfect golden light. I love this. I really love when the light does this. I'm a little chilly. Is anybody else feeling a little chill? Sun will be down soon. You folks want to stick around for a while? I'll make a fire. Oh, yeah, I'd love a fire. I've been damp all day. The four of us sat around the fire, and Deb showed us some of her work, which ranged from elegant mathematical proofs to what I guess you'd call illuminated manuscripts. The texts were ancient prophecies she'd written out from memory in her uneven hand, and the margins were crammed with drawings of strange beasts and men with their hands cut off and men with spears through their hearts and bats and lions and olive trees. This is an eel and this is a house being consumed by flame and this is the sun and rounded are fiery tracks on which revolve vast spiders crawling after their prey. We watched as she mixed concoctions with instruments glinting in the firelight. You know, I haven't been really afraid in a while. That's good. Don't you get spooked by the darkness? Sometimes, sure. You live alone in the woods. You must hear weird noises all the time, right? Lots of weird noises, yeah, for sure. Branches scraping against other branches, owls, whatever. Owls are nice. They don't scare me. Owls kill people sometimes. They do? They swoop down and get you with their razor-sharp talons, apparently. Oh, no. And you never hear them approach because they're famously silent. But they say hoot hoot, don't they? I guess owls just don't worry me. There are things in the woods that do worry wolves. Yeah, sure. Wolves, for example. I'd hate it if a wolf stirred up right now. That'd be a huge bummer. I used to be afraid every minute of the day. It was just constant. A constant, unnameable fear. I get that. I really, really get that. I sometimes feel like everything I do or say comes from a place of fear. Babe. I used to worry the floor of my apartment would cave in or that some kind of devastating natural disaster would happen, a tidal wave, an earthquake, and the city would be absolutely destroyed and there'd be... No way for people to escape because all the infrastructure would be useless, all the roads and bridges. And people would flee their homes because their homes would crumble to the ground and everyone would cram into public spaces until every public space was teeming with bodies. And I'd be among them because I'd have no choice but to join them. And I'd be trampled by the crowd. Did you know that 96 people were crushed to death at a football stadium in England? Just crushed by a mass of other bodies, suffocated while standing upright. And literally hundreds of others were injured, too, forced up against walls and fences, held inside by security guards who wouldn't allow anybody onto the field. I used to think about it every day. I'd put myself in the middle of the crowd, and I'd put the faces of my friends and family on the bodies that were pressing against me, and I thought I could never see another human being again. I thought I could never be far enough away from people. Deb? Yeah? Do you want some egg salad? Um. Sarah made it. It's heavy on the mayonnaise. That's my signature. I actually, I don't really eat eggs. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's delicious egg salad. No worries. <laughs> I just don't care for eggs. That's totally okay. get it. Thank you, though. Thanks. Can we see some more of your drawings? Oh, okay. Sure. 
Okay. Uh, here's one I did a while back. Look at I that. This one. Wow. And here's another. Oh shit. This one's a bit rough. Seems I was in a hurry. Fuck. You like it? I think it's wonderful. I. Shit, Deb. You're very kind. I'm. These are amazing. Fuck. Ooh, my lids are drooping, ladies. I think I better catch the next train to Snooze Town. I'm pretty sleepy, yeah, too. Yeah, must be late. No, well, I'm not sleepy. I'm not ready for bed. Is anyone. Allie, you must be down for a late night hang. Come on, Allie. Come on. Ah, sorry, no, not tonight. I don't have it in me. Allie, you love to hang. You love the darkness, Allie. Can't do it. Gotta hit the hay. Lame. I'm tired. Sorry. I'm just super tired. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna curl up in a little ball and drift off into dreamland. So long, everybody. Good night. See you folks Nobody in the morning. is gonna stick it out with me. The fire is still burning. It's still got a few hours left in it. I'm probably. already gone, babe. I don't know what you're saying. I'm fast asleep. Make sure that fire's all the way out before you go to bed, Sarah. Okay. Good night, lame wads. Good night. I'll make coffee in the morning. I make it real strong. I'll take down the fort all by my lonesome. If any of you change your mind about being lame, you know where to find me. I'll be here, right here, living my life, soaking up every goddamn minute of this sweet-ass night while you all sleep. We... That's not a... A corncob pipe, but don't lick the... Sven? Sven! I was asleep as soon as I closed my eyes. It was a deep sleep, but my mind was full of violence, and I kept seeing the dead moose. Some hours later, I don't know exactly how much time had passed, I heard voices from the other side of our campsite, and for a sec, I was caught in that fog between sleep and non-sleep. Dad, please wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up, please. What? What's happening? Hi. Hello, it's me, Sarah. Why are you... Why... Why aren't you sleeping? I tried to sleep, but I couldn't. I closed my eyes for a long time and counted things, but it didn't help me at all. Okay. Will you... Talk to me? I'd rather not. I find you very comforting. Oh. Does that... I don't mean to be... Will will you just sit... Will you sit up maybe and we can just have a chat? Uh... Okay. Sure. I'm sitting up. The thing is... I'm afraid of almost everything. Are you? You don't seem... I don't think it's because I'm weak. You're not weak. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. I'm not a weak person. And I'm not a timid person. No. I'm not floppy. Okay. I have a strong will. I have an iron will. Sure. But I feel a lot of fear. And what you were saying before about the world... I didn't say anything worth remembering. And about the world, I feel like... You understand. I mean, I feel like the earth itself is malevolent or like toxic. And that's the reason I'm so afraid all the time. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't want to be a part of the crowd. Okay. I'm afraid I won't even notice I'm being poisoned. Poisoned? You know, poisoned by the air I breathe, the water I drink, and the food I eat. Oh, God, especially the food. What's in the food? Sodium nitrate, butylated hydroxyanisole, brominated oils. But what can we do? This is what we've been given. We'll all just quietly, anonymously suffer and die. And it will be very sad, I think. It sounds sad. Because individuals can suffer nobly. But not crowds. You, um... You said before that you find me comforting? I do. Why? I don't know. 
I just want to be more like you. I want to wear overalls. Oh, it's very sweet, actually. If I have to be afraid all the time, I want to be a little more dignified about it. Do you think I'm dignified? I don't know you. Okay, but what's your first impression? I can't answer that. Fine. I don't feel any fear right now. Do you? No. Hmm. I think I... I'd like to let my hair grow. Grow and grow until it's very long. How long? Long enough that I could wrap myself up in it. That does seem fun. And then they got quiet, and all I could hear were the sounds of the woods. Eventually, I fell asleep again. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How'd we all sleep? Pretty well. Not bad. Is there any coffee? Right here. I woke up with the sunrise and took a little walk. Beautiful area. Just stunning. It's nice around here. Absolutely stunning. But you know, I still feel like I'm being watched. Isn't that crazy? I'm sure it's nothing. Just a feeling. Just a weird feeling I can't shake. Ignore me. But God, is it unsettling. Really makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Really makes me want to crawl into a dark hole and never come out. Hey, I'll take some of that coffee, Deb. Here you go. Smells fantastic. Mmm, yeah. Tastes like a dream. I think we should keep moving. Do we have to rush off? I guess we ought to. Where are we headed? What's the hurry? No place in particular. I just want to go further. I'm not done yet. I'll be ready in a jiffy. Just got to finish this piping hot cough and lace up the old boots. Allie, I, um... Yeah? I was thinking... Mm-hmm. If it's okay with you and Sven and Sarah, I was thinking I might be interested in, um, joining you. Really? I mean, if you'll have me. Well, that's a great idea. Sure, the more the merrier, right, Allie? It's just I really have no idea where I'm going, and I'm getting dirtier by the day, and my legs are all scratched up and banged up. So what's the problem? I thought, at the beginning of this whole thing, that I might keep walking until I sort of lost track of myself, until I broke up into smaller bits so the dirt and the plants would know what to do with me. I thought my spirit might become more available if it wasn't bricked up in this sturdy old body. And now you're all watching it happen. You're all walking along with me while I wear myself down. And it's just, it's, it's a different thing. It's become a different kind of journey. That's all I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? I Maybe. don't think so. I know what you're saying, Allie. Okay. Thanks, Deb. So it's settled. What? You're on a different kind of journey, and I'm coming with you. Great! Cool. I'll wash the pots and pans in the creek. I'm going to pack up the uh, bags. And we carried on walking through woods that became increasingly sparse and rocky until we came to the ocean. It was gray, and the shoreline was harsh with big jutting cliffs, and the water was frothy, and the spray from the breaking surf was so cold it hurt our faces. We walked north along the coast, and I started to feel a sense of purpose, a sense of forward progress, even though we had no destination. At some point along the way, the sky filled with roiling black clouds, and it started to rain. The rain lasted for three days. It soaked through everything we owned and made us miserable, pounded at our eyes while we walked. Even once the rain had stopped, we hardly spoke to each other because we were so unhappy and inclined to argue. Our clothes were damp, our food were damp, and we were disgusted by our own stink. Then we saw a house. Hello there. Hi. Um, is this your house? Sure is. Are you all on your way to someplace? Yeah, sort of. Really? So. We've been traveling for a long time. <laughs> Looks that way. Yeah, we're, um, damp. Well, why don't you come on inside? Unless you're in a rush to get where you're going. No, we'd love to come in if you don't mind. Of course not. Get in here. Sit, sit, sit. Make yourselves at home. Take off those wet clothes. Thank you so much. You don't mind if you're a little nude. Nah, get nude and grab a towel and wrap yourself right up. There you go. Get all cozy. Just oh, like man. that. Oh, man. That's nice. That's so nice. Nice and dry. These are amazing towels. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You've got a lovely place. Well, thanks. I can tell this is high-quality cotton. I'm Diane. Deb. Hi. Sarah. Sven. Allie. Nice to meet you all. This is Rhonda. She's shy. 
But she'll open up once she gets to know you. Hi, it's Rhonda. A Hello, Rhonda. Nice to meet you. I'm just kidding. She's not shy. She's weird as fuck. Had a bad fever back when she was a girl, but we've been living here in this house by the sea for oh, nigh on 40 years. Right, Rhonda? Uh, Diane? Yeah? I don't remember your name. I don't mean to, um, Sally. I really don't mean to be presumptuous. Presume whatever you want. I won't get mad. I've seen too much. Nothing gets me mad anymore, except for liars and cheats and scoundrels. Do you want me to have some extra food around? Oh, sure. Me and Rhonda were just about to sit down to dinner. We've got all sorts of things. Mussels, clams, oysters, lobsters, crabs, mackerel, cod, scrod, haddock. We drag our nets along the sandy bottom and dredge up all matter of sea life, and we're grateful for the ocean's bounty. You like fish, Deb? Yeah. Well, dig in. These are the fruits of the sea. Salty, slimy, gritty. This is what it's all about. Crack open a shell and get wet. Suck up those briny juices and pick the flesh from your teeth with the little white bones. This is amazing. What's this? That's an unusual clam. Are they always so pink on the inside? Yeah, but they're not for looking at. How'd you end up out here, Diane? Out where? Here? Yeah, 40 years ago, what brought you out here? I couldn't say definitively. It was just a matter of timing and luck, I suppose. And a little carelessness. But here we are. Here we remain on this cliff with the crashing waves and the gulls. I haven't worn shoes in two decades. (laughs) Neither is Rhonda. And now my feet are all tough and scaled over with barnacles like flat gray stones. And Rhonda's feet, (laughs) you don't want to know. What do you do out here? What do I do? do to keep busy we used to raise cats as a matter of fact you all like cats they're all right not particularly sure it's been a long time since we've had any cats around here but in the beginning whoo boy it was cat central i'm telling you cats left and right hissing on the sofa clawing at the carpet We bred them and then sold them to local families. And at one point, we had as many as 17 cats living in this house. And then, all of a sudden, no warning to speak of, those 17 cats perked up their ears, gathered together in a small herd, walked out the door, and one by one, jumped right off the edge of a cliff, straight into the ocean. Never saw them again. Did... Did the cats drown? Can't be sure. But I swear we saw them headed out to the open ocean, flipping and screeching in the surf. And since that incident, have you taken up any other hobbies? Truth is, we spend most of our time fishing. We cover ourselves in seaweed so as to disguise our true nature from the fish. And then we sneak up on them and snatch them. getting dark already. Lovely sky. Lovely dust. I imagine you'll be sticking around for a while. I really think we'd better keep going. Not tonight. There's no moon tonight. Well, we'll head out first thing in the morning. See how you feel. I just want to keep making progress. I have blisters. They're really bad. You have blisters? Yeah, and I've been super good about not complaining, but they're really bad. Can I see them? I'll show you later. Yeah, I've got a weird thing going on with my back. It's like wrenched. Isn't that the word they use in chiropractic? I wrenched my back, I think. You'll all get a good night's sleep and see how you feel tomorrow. Now, come gather around the hearth. I'll throw some wood on the fire. This is very cozy. I love smelling the ocean. Gets cold at night. Gotta stay close to the fire. Anybody here know how to give a massage? Nope. Not really. I never cared for massages myself. It's fine. I'll do some stretching tomorrow, work out the kinks. You know, night like this... Moonless sky, roaring fire, always puts me in the mood for a good scare. Diane, you like to get spooked? No. I love a scary story. Please, someone tell one, please. No, 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 no. I hate it. I hate being spooked. I'm going to have to leave the room. Hey, don't leave. I, uh, I have a story. No. Tell it, Deb. I'm serious. I'm going to leave. I don't have to tell the story. Tell it, Deb. Let me just adjust the lighting. Where's the... Uh, 
switch that. Okay. Oh, there we go. <gasps> That's perfect. It's kind of dark. That's too dark. That's Maybe too can, like, dark. Maybe can just turn on like one more light. This is the ideal light level. I can't even see any of you. Your faces are... This is insane. Deb, it's all you. I can't see your faces. Okay. So. This is ridiculous. So, um. Can someone pass me a blanket? Hold on. I might need a minute to collect my thoughts. Okay, Deb, that's good. That's fine. Let's think about scary things that could happen right now. No. Like, say there was a little scratching sound coming from inside the walls. Oh, no. What kind of scratching sound? Just a tiny little sound. Just a just a little scritch. 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 So we barely notice at first. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely there. And we say to ourselves, oh, it's nothing. It's it's just a mouse. Right? Uh-huh. Just a mouse. And so we keep talking, and we try to ignore it. And we're pretty successful for a while, because the scratching is so consistent. It just becomes background noise. But but then it stops. Why does it stop? Oh, God. It stops. It stops. And then it's totally silent for a few seconds, and nobody in the room speaks or moves or breathes. And then, bang! What? There's this loud noise from inside the wall. No. And then, there's another few seconds of silence. Silence. Everybody's on edge. This is wild. Nobody's ever heard anything like this before. Is it some kind of trapped animal? More silence. And then, bang! What? What? A loud noise from inside a different wall. What's inside the wall? A little bit of paint to flex off falls to the floor. That scratching sound comes back. Now it's coming from all sides. It's all around us. It's coming from every wall now. And suddenly, a hand bursts out of the wall. A human hand. It emerges in a spray of plaster and dust, but it's not a regular hand. It's got claws, long, sharp claws, and it's all shriveled and gray, and its long fingers are reaching out towards you. No, 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 no. And then another hand bursts out of that wall over there, and then another, and another hands start emerging all Can over the place. Can we lights, please? It's really dark in here. Honestly, it's way too dark. You yeah, maybe just, like, one more light would be good. Ooh, Allie's scared, too. No, 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 I'm not just worried that someone might trip on okay, a loose okay, okay. cord. What if, what if, what if there was a face at the window? Yeah, that'd be pretty freaky. Or... What if someone outside threw a rock and it came through the window? Crash! And what if it landed in the middle of the room? And what if there was a note tied to it? And what if we picked up the note? Carefully, so as to avoid stepping on any shards of broken glass from the window. And the note was blank. Oh. Totally blank. There's nothing scary written on the note? Well, okay, actually, what if we picked up the note and there was blood on it? And also, a message along the lines of, get out right now, or you're going to regret it forever. So one time... Oh, is this the story? One time, back when I was living in the city... This is the story. I went for a walk around my neighborhood, and this guy started following me. He was sort of an average guy, early 40s, balding. At first, I wasn't sure if he was following me, but I made a lot of turns. I circled the same block three times, and he was always there, maybe 20 or 30 feet behind me. I was pretty close to my home, so I thought, well, I'd better just get back to my building and get inside before he can approach. I kept walking at a steady pace, and when I got to my building, I paused, and I quickly glanced back, just to satisfy my curiosity, just to get one last look at this guy. But he immediately locked eyes with me and smiled. I unlocked the front door, ran inside, and went straight up to my apartment. I looked down at the street from my window, and I could see the man was already walking away, calmly, like he had just been out for a stroll. So, 
A couple weeks passed after this happened, and I thought about it constantly whenever I had to walk anywhere by myself. But I never saw the man again. And then I started to receive letters. Letters? Letters from who? From the man who was following you? They were from someone who called himself Roger. The first one said, Dear Deb, I've been looking for you for a very long time. You don't know me, but we're both of us at the center of an interdimensional conflict, the outcome of which will have enormous consequences for all life on Earth. Your involvement in this conflict was prophesied long before you were born. I have much to tell you. Sincerely, Roger. The letters just kept coming. A new one every few days, always written by hand. Extremely neat handwriting, really small and tight, blue ink, the occasional smudge. They said things like, Your soul is linked to the soul of a monstrous creature that has lived for over 3,000 years on a distant planet. And this creature is on its way to Earth, where it will wreak untold destruction and cast a black cloud over every continent. And crops will wither and millions of people will starve. And the creature will take up residence in the White House and rule over America, demanding that what little food remains be piled at its feet for a sacrificial offering. And the tone of the letters became increasingly intense and urgent, until finally a letter came that said, Dear Deb, in two days the evening of November 4th, the monster which is linked to your soul will cross over into our dimension. This will mark the beginning of the end. Roger warned me that because the monster would try to use me as a source of power, it was likely I'd experienced strange things on the evening of its arrival. Strange physical sensations, he said, and vivid hallucinations. He'd be looking out for me, he said, to make sure the monster didn't try and force me to do anything violent. I spent the next 48 hours locked in my apartment, terrified. Too scared to even pick up the phone and call for help. On November 4th, I closed all my curtains and turned on all my lights and played extremely loud music all day, just trying desperately to distract myself, to convince myself that I was safe. Hour by hour, the day went by. I paced back and forth across my living room and nothing unusual happened. Nothing happened at all. And then suddenly, it was almost sundown and still nothing had happened. I almost allowed myself to feel relieved. I decided I should open a window, take a look at the outside world. I thought it might be comforting to see the city, to see people walking around with their dogs. I pulled back one curtain, looked down at the street, and I saw the man. The man who had followed me months ago. And before I could do anything, he saw me in the window, he locked eyes with me, and he smiled. And I heard a noise inside my head that was like many voices speaking at the same time, and I blacked out. When I woke up, 45 minutes had passed. I was standing in my bedroom, all the lights were off, and my apartment was silent. I think me and Rhonda ought to get to bed. Yeah. Sven, you look sleepy. I am beat, absolutely exhausted. There's beds for all of you upstairs, take your pick. I woke up early, just after sunrise, and I decided to step outside because I felt sort of claustrophobic in the house surrounded by so many sleeping people. The sky was white and dull, the ocean was very calm. I blinked and I felt a shooting pain behind my eyes and a violent tremor pass through my whole body. I heard a voice in my head. 
Oh my. Oh. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Oh, hi. It's okay. I feel like I might have made the wrong choice, but... I miss you, and I don't know what I'm doing. I feel... Yeah. What happened? not fair at all. That's, that's not fair. I wish, I almost said I wish you were here, but I don't think I do, actually. I think I wish something else that's harder to say. Are you still there? Are you still there? Allie, you're up early. Oh, hi. Yeah, I uh, couldn't sleep, or I slept a little, but the sun was so bright this morning. Mm, it's nice here. It is nice. I think it's better to be by the ocean, generally. Better for the hair, the skin, the constitution. I guess so. Look what I found. What? Look. Well, what am I looking at? It's a grasshopper in a jar. Where'd you get a grasshopper? I caught it. It was hanging out on the windowsill next to my bed. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's a big one. What are you going to do with it? I think he's a boy. What makes you think that? Just his vibes. He is sort of masculine, actually. I'm going to keep him in this jar and feed him. And maybe let him out occasionally so he can hop around and stretch his legs. So you just want to what? Look after him? Care for him? Or are you interested in observing him for scientific reasons? I'm not sure, to be honest. Just saw him and made the decision to catch him. Impulsively. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. I'm an impulsive guy, Allie. It's just the way I am. So the truth is, I don't have a lot of strong feelings about him at the moment. But my hope is that I'll build a relationship with him over the coming weeks. And we'll eventually have something to learn from one another. That's my dream. Why are you up this early? Checking out the scene. Oh. Cool. The strangest thing just happened to me. Yeah? But I don't know exactly what it was. Hmm. Well... Maybe you shouldn't have brought it up. You know, Allie. What? I like you. Thanks. I think you've got substance. It's very nice. Thank you. People these days are flimsy, feeble, and you've got a, you know, a solidity, a moral center. You're the kind of person a guy can really push off against. You think so? Which isn't to say you're not pliant or changeable in a good way. Come on in, you two. Breakfast is ready. Already? Oh, God, yes. We're early risers around here. Good morning. Morning. Help yourselves. Hope you're hungry. I have to lie down for a minute. My stomach's churning. Ooh, upset stomach. I'll make you some of my special tea. It's great for digestion. You're going to love it. That's all right, Diane. I appreciate it. But some I folks just... argue it's got a bit of a funky taste, but it works. It really works. Well, actually, it's more of a head... I'm more lightheaded than anything, actually. Well, which is it? I just need to lie down. Allie's always saying mysterious stuff. Like, just a minute ago, she told me something strange happened to her, but she didn't want to explain it, so I let it go. Right, Allie? Um, what happened? Is this connected to the headache? I, um, I heard from my dad. He called you on the phone? No, not on the phone. Not on the phone. I just, um, I heard his voice, like his voice, like the sound of his voice in my head. I see. Why do you think your dad was talking to you? Well, how often does this happen? Never. It's never happened to me before, which is why I'm, I found it a bit unsettling and a bit horrible, actually. Just really horrible. What did he say? Wait, so you heard your dad? I, I was just standing outside and he started talking to me and he, he said, um, this is the part I'm still processing. He said he's dead. Oh. Oh, God. That's so awful. Oh, Allie, that is just... I had no idea. Uh, He said he's dead. He died in a fire. That is horrible. A fire? Uh, My house burned down. Everything was lost. All the furniture, the stuff, the family stuff, the papers, probably lots of papers. Just, you know, 
documents all lost. And my dad, he burned up in the fire and... Uh, and he wants me to know that my pilgrimage isn't over. I still haven't found where I'm supposed to be. Oh, well... Well... Well, um... Okay. Well, that's okay, isn't it? Isn't that okay? You, you knew you might be traveling for a very long time. He said I have to keep going if I want to find a way to be close to God. And he said he'd tell me how to do it. And you, all of you, will have to stay behind. Stay behind? My dad said I'll need acolytes, but I haven't found the right people yet. The people who will support me in this work. This holy work, which is both holy and inevitable, and spiritually directed by my dad, and also, in an apparently literal way, uh, directed by God himself. How is God himself getting involved? He's speaking through my dad, I guess. Wow. Wow. Allie, this is huge. This is absolute. I think we have to take this seriously. I think I'm supposed to keep going alone. And we can't come? I had a feeling something like this would happen. I feel all shivery. You've been chosen, Allie. You... Oh, boy. This is holy ground. My dad is dead. He just told me he's dead. That's just horrible. Yeah. I don't know. So we're staying here. This is it. We're not going to walk anymore. Do you all understand what this means? We've brushed up against the divine. Allie has been granted a great gift, and we are all in the sight of God. He is pressing his head against our window, and there's like a real possibility that our lives are cosmically meaningful, that our actions will be praised or condemned by God. And we should be bursting open. We should be ripping ourselves open to receive whatever God wants to give us. Whatever punishment, whatever blessing, whatever violence. And oh, fuck, I feel watched all the time. I still feel it, but it's different now. Do you feel it? I... Do you feel it? I feel eyes on me. I feel eyes on me. Look at this grasshopper. Where'd you get that grasshopper? I found him. He came to me. Okay, cool. I think he's important. That's my feeling. So to confirm we're staying here... You're welcome to stay here as long as you want. Does everyone want to stay? We have to. Wait, there's another thing. I'm very wealthy now. Oh. I don't have any surviving family members, so I've inherited everything. And my dad said there's this guy, his name is Nearbald, he lives in the city where my dad lived, who really, really, really wants to marry me. God, do you know him? I've never met him. Does your dad think you should marry him? Yeah. I guess Nearbald and my dad got pretty close since I left home. But you've only been gone for like a month. I don't know. I'm so confused. Maybe it's a good idea to listen to your dad, since he's like a conduit for the holy word. I feel shaky. Why don't you sit down? I, I, I don't know why I'm crying. I think we ought to give Allie some space. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm really okay. Let's clear out, everybody. Please don't worry. I'm not worried. I just want to give you a little space. That's all. I think I should just go Let's all find ourselves a nice task to keep us busy for the next... 30 to 45 minutes. Laundry? Oh, yeah, I've been putting off laundry for a while. I've got laundry. Okay, great. Cool. I'm going to put the leftover coffee in the fridge so we can have iced coffee later if we're in the mood for that, okay? Hi, Rhonda. You look tired. You and Diane have given us so much. I didn't like hearing my dad's voice in my head. Shouldn't I be grateful for it? I can't keep wandering. I just don't think I can do it. I, I thought it would feel good, the seeking and the, uh, the the looking, but it's it really feels like more of a wearing down, more of a, I feel less like myself. And, and maybe it's, I don't maybe it's vain to want to feel like myself like maybe I should be like dissolving myself and becoming something more expansive or maybe the question of whether or not I feel good is stupid I was born into a big family um how big I was the eighth child among 37 siblings oh man Rhonda that's a really big family we were all different and sometimes we didn't understand each other some of my siblings ran off into the woods and lived among the snakes and the pigs for a few years, while others moved to the city and got jobs as bankers or Pilates instructors. But we were always a family, and my mother always offered us comfort and guidance when we needed it, and we always gathered together on holidays and drank wine and ate food, all of us. 
that sounds so nice. I'm an only child. Me and Diane, we love this house and we want to do right by anyone who passes through it. We don't see too many people these days. But with the world being the way it is, so that's all to say. It's been real nice having you around. Allie. Oh, Diane. Hello, I was just... Come with me. I want to show you something. Oh, um, I think I need to rest for a bit. You can rest later. Come on and follow me. You're going to like this. I'm sorry for making a scene earlier. I didn't mean to make anybody worry. Now, hold on. Just just hold on a minute. Take a look at what I have here. Right here in this... Haven't uh, opened this bad boy in a couple years. Might take a... Is it a little bit of elbow grease? Is the lid stuck? Grab on there if you can. Yeah, right under the latch there. That's perfect. Okay. Uh, Now pull up with me on three. Very good grip, yeah. One, two, three. Oh, Oh, there we go. (laughs) What? What is this? It's my collection. Of, Of what? Bowls. They're very nice. My cats used to eat out of them. Oh. There are 17 bowls, one for each cat. Do you remember which bowl belonged to which cat? Of course. But I always picked out the bowl before I knew anything about the cat who'd be eating from it. What do you mean? I'm saying the qualities of each bowl don't necessarily reflect the qualities of the cat who used it. But now, now that the cats are all gone, the bowls bring up a lot of memories, as you can imagine. They really are nice. Thanks. I like that one. I like how it's a little uneven. That's always been my favorite. They could use a polish. I haven't pulled the collection out in quite a while. Here. Grab a bowl. Are these like antiques? Some of them are. Never collected anything. This is the only collection I've ever had. I sort of fell into it. My dad had collections. Yeah? He started several. Never really stuck with any of them. He got pretty far with buttons. You can really get in there. Sorry? With the rag? Oh, okay, okay. This grime is stubborn. Yeah. Why buttons? Hmm? Your dad was into buttons. Oh, no, I don't think he was. So the button collection was actually confusing, actually. This bowl I'm working on right now, it's stunning when it's all polished up. It's like a nice one, yeah. My mom gave me this one. Oh, that's amazing. Long, long time ago. She was a sweet lady. I think I'm done with this one. Mm, not quite. Give it a little more love. And make sure you get way up into all the grooves. That's where the worst gunk is. Okay. So. Yeah? You, you and the others are welcome to stay here with me and Rhonda as long as you want to. I mean it. It's very nice. This man who wants to marry me is rich and influential and also brilliant. He's accustomed to luxury. He buys and sells stocks. We can make a life together, I guess. Once my pilgrimage is done, I could go back to the city and he'd be waiting for me there and we'd both be rich And God would smile on us, probably, give us blessings. And we'd build a really big new house in the ashes of my big old house. I'm going to kiss you now. Unless you don't want me to. I think you should. Well, all right. Two months passed. Ellie and Diane fucked constantly, and the bed they shared grew damp and salty, and the wallpaper on the bedroom walls started to bubble up and split open and curled at the edges, and the plaster underneath the wallpaper turned yellow and muddled, and thick, soft mold sprouted everywhere, and wines crept in through the floorboards. Deb set up a laboratory in the yard where she studied the tides and charted the shifting heavens. Sven looked after his grasshopper. Sarah got more and more pregnant 
and she threw up a lot and she started to paint, which was a new thing for her. Deb built an easel for Sarah so Sarah could sit on the stool and paint pictures of her little house. Ellie never left. As for me, I walked into the ocean and spread my hands wide and a sea foam chariot formed around me and 17 cats rose up from the deep, yoked together with ropes of green seaweed. So I rode that chariot, laughing out into the middle of the Atlantic where I lived still. everybody this is it i'm gonna have a baby that grasshopper died oh no it lasted a while what happened to him i have no idea he was dead when i woke up this morning but you know i feel i can't tell if this is significant or not or to what degree this is significant i feel pretty okay about it that's good i don't feel guilty ben can you get me some water yeah 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 yeah, yeah. definitely god this is exciting what a day I'll be right back with some water. I'll bring you some bread, Sarah. I'm working on a nice loaf right now, sourdough. I'll, I'll be just a few minutes. It's okay, Diane. I don't need bread right now. Just a few minutes. Hold on. Can I get you anything? Maybe something hot, like for my face. Okay, a hot face thing. I can do that. Will you be here when the baby comes? Yeah, of course. I really want you to be here, Deb. Okay, I'll be here. I find you very comforting, Deb. I really do. I've never seen anyone have a baby before. I just think you should be a mom. Oh, I don't know about that. You'd be such a good mom. You'd be one of the best moms out there. Let me get you a hot thing. But you'll come back, Deb. I will. Good. Please come back. Hi. How are you doing? I feel sort of miserable. That's uh... it's just regular misery. Just misery is a consequence of feeling trapped and hopelessly unprepared. You're not hopelessly unprepared. I want to pray for my baby, but I don't know what to pray for. Isn't that fucked up? I can't even get this right. Well, why don't you know what to pray for? My instinct is to pray for my baby to be successful, you know, to find success, like professionally. Like I want my baby to grow up to be an ambitious person with goals, and I want them to work hard to achieve those goals. That seems like a really good thing to pray for. Well, I thought so too. But then I was like, their future success will be at someone else's expense. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. So I don't want them to make too much money. Or, you know, I don't want them to own a business that becomes super profitable because profit is ugly and exploitative. Right, right. And so then I thought, okay, fine. Owning the means of production is bad. But what if my baby grows up to bypass these structures altogether? And ends up working at, like, a really cool nonprofit with a super admirable mission. Or, like, an NGO that does sustainable development or something. You could definitely pray for that. But then I thought, oh, damn. Nonprofits also exploit and undervalue labor. And if I pray for my baby to, like, rise to the top of some big organization, they'll probably end up taking an indefensibly huge salary and people will resent them. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a possible outcome. So all of this led me to think that maybe I should pray for my baby to be poor just to live in simple, dignified poverty. But I know that's twisted in ways I can't even really articulate. And ultimately, truthfully, I think I'm allowed to feel selfish on behalf of my baby. Aren't I? Aren't I allowed to want my baby to be safe and whole and nourished? Aren't I allowed to want my baby to have a comfortable life, an easy life? Sarah. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're gonna take care of your baby. Yes, I am. And you're going to make sure your baby feels loved. I hope so. I want to do that. And I don't know what to say exactly, but one thing that comes to mind is I've definitely met people who are good. Have you? Yes, I have. And I've met people who are brilliant and generous, and I don't know how they managed to be that way, but I guess it's mildly comforting to have met heroic people, to know that they exist in spite of everything. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
gosh. Are you okay? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just felt a big wave of, whoa, oh, man. This is crazy. How does anyone survive this? Uh, maybe try to focus on something other than your body. That's going to be tough. My help. Tell me what to focus on. Uh, look at that, uh, wall. What wall? Uh, the wall right across from you. Just look at it. There's nothing on that wall. Uh, yeah, maybe that's not a great You're choice. You're telling me to focus on a blank fucking wall. Okay, just try closing your eyes. And then what? Uh, think about something that's not in the room. My eyes are closed. Think about an oyster. Wet Sock on a Sore Foot was written and produced by Sam Myers. Audio editing and sound design by Dan Kwan Peoples. Original music by Tom Amend. The cast of performers is Ali Freed, Sam Stagner, Sarah Chalfie, Taylor Blackburn, Sarah Goldstein, and Kathleen Vexie.